Thank you for joining us for another episode of CryptoCurrent. Just one quick reminder. CryptoCurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the CryptoCurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrency production is exclusively for informational purposes. Everybody for Cryptocurrent. I'm Stephen Miller, and you're watching the Aftershock, the show where we bring you the latest and greatest news in the world of Web3. We cover every trending topic across the last week, recap it for you so that you don't have to be tracking all the news like a madman like we do. So, look, I am, of course, joined as always on this Tuesday program. Well, not for the last two weeks, but now with the recently married host of our other interview programming, Mr. Richard Carthon. Richard, how are we doing? Doing good. We're a married person now. I joined the crew, like my boy, Mr. Miller over here. So it's official. Here we are. Um, feeling good. Last 10 days were a well-needed uh, break, but then also some good time with uh, the missus. So glad to have Miss Carthon with me. And uh, good to wake up and not see crypto land on fire. But also... <laughs> some really, really, really cool things happening in the space that we're going to unpack for everyone listening today. How about you, Steve? How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Um, it was a busy time while you were out of the office, but we, uh, I think we're in a much better place in terms of the overall market right now than we were when you left. So I'm a, I'm a little bit happy for that, but I think there's a lot of interesting stories that we're going to cover today um, for those at home. So whether you're tuning in via our podcast platforms, you know wherever you take in your favorite podcast, or you're joining us here on YouTube, we would like to encourage you to make sure that you are following the show or subscribed here on YouTube. And make sure that you like this episode because we have brand new content coming out for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, This past Monday, we had a special report that I did on ApeCoin. Hope you'll check that out. And we have another surprise episode for you coming up on Friday. But right now, we're going to get into the news the only way that we know how by taking you through some buy, sell, or hodl. Buy, sell, or hodl. So in our buy, sell, or hodl, we take you through the big news across the last week in the form of a quick lightning round, where in each of these stories, we'll give you a quick gist of not just the headline, but also whether we believe that it is a buy, sell, or hodl piece of news, if it's bullish, bearish, or if it's just in the middle and we need to let it develop. So our first story this week comes to us courtesy of the Bank of Canada, um, who has officially announced they're collaborating with MIT, that's the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, on a CBDC. So they're going to be developing their their nation's CBDC um, with MIT. Could be really interesting going forward. But Richard, why don't you take us into the next one? 
So next up, we're looking at Senator Warren rolling out a bill to close crypto loopholes to sanctions. So follow the uh, testimony from Jonathan Levin, um, which is the founder of Chainalysis. And the big thing here was that she was raising concern over the role of digital assets in money laundering. So um, a few takeaways from this is obviously with everything going on um, with Russia and something that we covered right before I left a couple of weeks ago with basically the on off ramping of your crypto assets, right? So to on ramp into crypto, typically you have to go through an exchange, take your fiat and then exchange that fiat into crypto. But then to off ramp, you have to do the same thing. You have to take your crypto and then go to an exchange to, to off do it. So what a lot of uh, what Russia was doing to offset these sanctions was working with some of the local crypto exchanges out there that are friendly towards Russia and still allowing them to off-ramp their crypto into the local currency. And so one of the things being put in place and trying to be projected here was to stop those exchanges from doing that. So whole other can of worms. But Steve, I know you have a lot of thoughts to unpack on this one. I'll let you take it from here. What makes you think that I would have a lot of thoughts about Senator Warren? I don't... <laughs> I just... You, oh, you know how much you love her. If there's any one person in the Senate that I really just have no respect for and just I, I can't stand, it's good old Liz. Um, I don't know if it's... I'm not going to go there. That's not, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, did you see any of the clips from this? Just a couple of highlights. Okay. My big recommendation to all of our listeners is once we're through this aftershock episode, because you don't want to do this in the middle, make a note right now, just write down a little piece of paper, put it in your phone, whatever you got to do. Go online and look for Elizabeth Warren's test um, questioning of Jonathan Levin from Chainalysis. She is the most disrespectful woman in the entire entirety of Congress. Literally, he was sitting there trying to provide answers to her questions, and she was cutting him off all the way through this entire testimonial. Like, I, I could not believe how rude she was being to him. And it was all because she wanted to drive this point that like crypto's corrupt. And it just isn't. He was literally giving her definitions and case in point proof to how the Russian oligarchs do not actually have the ability to hide their money in crypto. Because everything is on the ledger. Right. It's, it, it was so silly. But um, let's move off of Liz and on to something more fun. If you are an undergraduate student at any university throughout the world, Visa has announced that they're opening up an 18-month crypto development program um, for all undergrads. So if you're looking for an internship, you want to find your way into crypto, um, take a look at that because Visa is making some big moves in crypto. But let's jump to the next one. So next up, we got Coinbase Wallet adding two huge user-facing features. The first is going to support Solana tokens, which is the first non-EVM integration, which is really cool because as you, for those who don't necessarily know, most of the coins on the Ethereum are on Coinbase is Ethereum-based. And now they're going to start allowing for other things like Solana. You'll probably start seeing some other ecosystems start to come into phase, such as like Polygon and some others in the future. Uh, that's a hot take that is not confirmed, but we will see. And then the second is Coinbase Pay. They have a new fiat on-ramp to buy digital assets, which is super cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bullish on the Coinbase Pay news. 
but I'm really curious to see what they start onboarding in terms of Solana tokens. Because again, this is all for Coinbase wallet first. That is the side of Coinbase that is like you self-custodying your own assets as opposed to keeping them on the exchange and letting Coinbase custody your assets. Um, the reason I'm really curious about this is because they've not announced via the exchange a lot of Solana tokens yet. So this may be the catalyst that gets them to officially start launching and welcoming more Solana tokens onto Coinbase itself. Um, so a lot of exciting stuff coming from Coinbase. Really interested in seeing where that goes. Our next story um, comes courtesy of Do Kwan, who is the um, co-founder and I believe CEO still of Terra Luna. And he has announced his plan to add roughly $10 billion in Bitcoin to Luna's reserves. I think it's a really bold move and I think it's the right move. Because in a world where we need to be relying on Bitcoin for being a store of value, you need to start having more projects that are interoperating and like accepting that Bitcoin can be that standard for all of crypto. So I think it's a big move. I'm excited to see where that goes. Um, but there's a really interesting story out of FTX Ventures and Three Arrows. Richard? So FTX Ventures and Three Arrows are leading a $92 million raise for Mina Protocol. Um, this is exciting because there's a lot of really good developments on the Mina protocol and they're trying to roll out quite a few features that are going to think enhance uh, the experience uh, in the crypto space. But um, FTX still out here doing its thing from being an exchange to investing and in trying to further the crypto movements of making everything a lot more uh, user-friendly for the next wave of people that are going to be joining the space. Yeah, no question. And just for those that are not totally familiar with Mina Protocol, they pride themselves on being the world's lightest blockchain. Um, I think you can do the entire, you can store the entire blockchain on like, I think they said it was like 900 kilobytes worth of data or something like that. I mean, it, it's just, it's ludicrous because most blockchains are really heavy lifts. So um, it's very novel tech. Looking forward to see where that heads in the future. Big news out of XRP as they are in the process of trying to wrap up their case with the SEC here in the United States. Um, and that is, of course, that XRP globally is now encouraging open source development by opening up a 1 billion XRP grant for all developers. This is something they're going to phase out over time. And essentially, like when they accept a different you know, program or protocol into their um, overall network to develop this, um, they're going to phase that 1 billion out to each individual project over time instead of just giving out lump sum. Um, so it should keep that open source development happening more consistently over time and sustain it. So pretty interesting. But what's our final story here in the lightning round? The final one here is Parallel Finance launching 65 apps for DOT's ecosystem. So um, DOT is another ecosystem play um, when you think about Ethereum, uh, Polkadot, Cosmos, Cardano, etc. Dot is one of those up and coming ecosystems that has a lot of opportunities. So one of the lead developers from Ethereum who's developing in Solidity broke off and then said, I'm going to create an exchange that solves a lot of the shortcomings of Ethereum. And, and basically Dot has been just this growing force in, in the space. And the fact that you already have more DeFi apps coming to this ecosystem, you have dApps, decentralized apps coming uh, to this shows the growth of this particular ecosystem. So I think it's really exciting news. The entire team over there at Dot has some really incredible tech. And especially when it comes to interoperability, 
Um, but let's go ahead and jump into last week in the metaverse. So this is our lightning round as it pertains to metaverse, NFTs, and crypto gaming. Our first story is a very simple one. And I feel like it's a story that we've been hearing a lot about throughout the last couple of weeks. And that's that Instagram is in fact finalizing NFT integration. This came straight from Mark Zuckerberg's mouth. So you have to believe it's true. The more interesting piece to me is this piece from American Express and LeBron James, who both, not together, but individually, have filed for specific metaverse and NFT trademarks as it, as it relates to their specific individual brands. Um, so that's a big move in the IP world. What about this next one, Richard? So Europe's HSBC Bank is acquiring Sandbox Land. So you're starting to see uh, money flow into digital lands. Um, and we saw this happen uh, recently. Uh, was it Chase with your, your CEO out in um, <laughs> a couple of weeks back that you were super pumped about, JP Morgan Chase? Um, and now we've seen Europe's HSBC Bank starting to follow suit and get into some of these other metaverse plays. So I think we're going to see this trend continue. Look, I hope that it continues, but I just hope that Jamie Dimon finally like acknowledges his his hypocrisy at the very end of it, and then officially takes on the name Jamie Dimon Hands. That's my personal. <laughs> so one of my top stories on the week is that Engine has finally launched the Affinity Parachain for interoperable NFTs and gaming on Polkadot. I've been singing the praises of Affinity since the summer. Okay. They're going to be doing such incredible stuff for the NFT space and the gaming space, allowing for NFTs to actually cross networks. It's going to be a game changer. I'm absolutely convinced of it. And I'm stoked that they finally rolled it out. And I have to imagine it was only after rigorous testing. So For sure. And what you got for this uh, final one? This final one is um, an interesting shift. So um, I'm just curious. Richard, are you familiar with Disney? Uh, I've heard of them. Okay, so Disney had their former chairman, Bob Iger. He left after, I don't know, like, I guess, ruling the Disney empire after Walt Disney, you know, expired. Doesn't matter. He's out. He left. He's like 70 years old and very, very old. He decided that because he's so on the cutting edge that he wanted to join up on the board of directors for a new startup out of LA called Genie's. And what Genius is doing is they're helping different celebrities and big influencers create NFT avatars of themselves for the metaverse. Do I think that this is going to be the next big avatar play? I don't. Do I think it's very interesting to see that somebody like Bob Iger wants to be a part of the metaverse? I do. I think it's a big validation because Bob Iger was very much so like the old guard at Disney. Um, so for somebody who is a traditionalist to step into this type of new world, I think it's pretty exciting personally. Do you have any take on that one? You're starting to see a lot of executives from traditional world, from Web 2.0, from traditional finance, start to see the opportunity that is Web 3.0. And they're trying to find and place their stake into this next step. So I think this trend will continue. and. The fact that this guy's coming from a background in Disney has those kind of connections and knows how to work within those constructs of corporate America and corporate international world, trying to then formulate that into the forefront of Web 3.0. 
I think he's got a case. I, will he ultimately make it, like you said, and be the be the one? Not sure about that, but will he will he be able to do some damage and 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 have a lot of opportunity? I think so. So I think this is definitely one to be looking out for. Yeah, no question. Time will tell on this one. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes, but I do think that Disney is finally being progressive now that he's out and really stepping into these metaverse um, discussions. So that is going to wrap up our greater lightning round this week of buy, sell, or hodl. We've taken you through the metaverse. We've taken you through the greater crypto news, all the headlines as we do every single week here um, on the Aftershock Wednesday episodes. But what we do at the back half of the show is what we find to be the most fun. And that is where we take you through the aftershock, the narrative that has been shaping crypto across the last week. So let's jump into it. The aftershock. So as I said, the aftershock is where we break down one of the biggest narratives and top trending topics of the last week. And as I told you on Monday's show, there was no bigger story last week than ApeCoin. ApeCoin dominated every single news cycle that I saw in crypto land and with good reason, right? There was a lot of people that were skeptics of it. There were a lot of people selling it right out the gate. But then people after the fact started recognizing what ApeCoin and the Greater Ape Foundation and Yuga Labs are really planning to do with ApeCoin in terms of rolling it into their greater ecosystem and letting it become a community and culture shaping token, um, especially through Meta RPG. If you've not yet checked out that episode, I encourage you to go check it out. It'll give you all the details on what ApeCoin really brings. Um, but after it launched, one of the things that started really taking over um, in terms of what people talked about is great. This is an airdrop. This is 70K in the pocket of every board ape holder. Insane. Nuts. What's next? That's the question. What is the next airdrop? What is the next piece of free pie that we can take? Um, and it just didn't slow down. You had people like Joe Lubin, who is the CEO of Consensus, reigniting the discussion around MetaMask's forthcoming token. Um, Richard, talk to us a little bit about what was going on um, with what Joe Lubin was saying about this theoretical mask token. So he was describing how MetaMask surpassed 30 million users uh, just this past month alone. Um, they're going to be dropping some new MetaMask features. Um, it'll be funded by an upcoming DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. And there's very little information that exists on what will qualify users potentially for this airdrop. Now, again, this guy with running Consensus, Consensus is coming to Austin. Shout out to Austin. If anyone's coming in town for Consensus, uh, Steve and I will be here. Probably some other team members will be here as well. Please make sure you give us a holler. We hope to see you there. Uh, some other great news coming out around that eventually. But I digress. Joe Lubin might, and again, this is purely speculation. This is just a hot take by Richard, who you're listening to on your airways right now. I wouldn't be shocked if they wait for that moment at consensus to potentially drop some news like this. Not to say it's going to happen, but would be a really good time to drop some news like that. It's important to understand, though, at the same time, because I don't think that I led with this enough. Consensus is one of the like primary shareholders in MetaMask. So he knows every detail of this. It's not like he's at the helm of MetaMask, but because they are so, you know, in league together, it's inescapable. He has to know this information. So I think that 
there is not just a case for why they need a mask token now that they've revealed the fact that a DAO is forthcoming. But I think that you're probably right. I think that they may launch it at consensus. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a total shock. And that's in June um, for those that are not sure when consensus is. Um, so I'd be on the lookout for this in June. But I also may think that it may come sooner than that too, because I think that they leaned into this $30 million, not $30 million mark, this 30 million user mark really strong. I think they may have been looking for a milestone to drop this news around. Um, so it could very well hinge on that as well, but we'll find out. The bigger picture here is that this trend of discussing the big airdrops is suggesting that there are a lot of other solutions and platforms and um, even exchanges that are going to start dropping tokens here soon. Um, and again, these specific exchanges and DeFi platforms and like scaling solutions, they're already working. Okay, That's the big differentiator here. These are protocols and platforms that already have been in use. They just don't yet have a token. So that's what you need to be staying on top of. And the big thing that we want to encourage you today, dear listeners, is to stay informed, not just via us, but stay connected to platforms like DeFi Llama and great Twitter users like Olympio Crypto. Both provide a lot of information on upcoming airdrops and the info that they're finding behind the scenes on getting that information out to you. But we need to, at the very least, do our best to provide you with the info behind protocols that could theoretically be dropping an airdrop for you know their protocol in the near future. And as we're entering this like end of spring and early summer period where we believe that we're going to have an airdrop season, um, we have to take you through each of these layers of the blockchain world to see where you could theoretically expect an airdrop. So up first, Richard, why don't you take us through some of these ETH L2s that could have a token coming? Absolutely. So for these ETH L2s, aka Layer 2s, we have XK Sync, we have Starnet, Arbitrum, and Optimism. So again, these are Layer 2s. These are scalable solutions helping to make ETH faster. And these are some of the fa- uh, these are some of the places that we reasonably suspect could incentivize their users. Uh, well, not even incentivize, just ni- leave nice gifts. Because again. An airdrop is free, free money, free NFT, free whatever. It's free, 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 free. If you've ever seen that commercial, think of that as we go through this entire list for you. Yeah, and just remind me after the show to take this up with the show's producer, but um, that first one is actually ZK Sync. It is not XK Sync. I don't know <laughs> who let this person develop the deck, but that's on them. Um, anyway. Our next category is, of course, wallets. And we've brought up MetaMask, but there are two other wallets that right now are deeply theorized to be having a token drop in the near future. Um, one of them, I believe, is already confirmed, and that's Argent. Um, Argent is not one of the leading wallets, but again, free money is free money. The other one is Phantom. And that's really interesting to me. I wouldn't have expected them to make this type of move as quickly as it seems they are. But Phantom is the leading Solana wallet right now. So where MetaMask is the like the big wallet of use on the Ethereum network, Phantom is the leading wallet on Solana. So in all of these cases, 
the majority of these airdrops are determined by taking specific action, right? So in the case of MetaMask, the current running theory based on the information we have is that it's going to rely on using MetaMask's built-in swap feature. Richard, in Phantom, do they have a built-in swap feature? Um, they do. It's very limited. So I think there's only like one or two different swaps you can do. Most of it's in and out of um, Solana. And I think there's like a few others, but uh, there's a lot of DEXs. We can go swap in and out of stuff, but like just automatically built in. I think they're still building up a lot of that feature. Yeah, so that just means that you need to start thinking about, okay, as a user, how are my actions benefiting the larger platform, right? Typically, they're going to reward the users. They're rewarding them. So think of it that way. In the case of MetaMask, I've been using their swap feature pretty much for the last four months. Anytime that I ever have to move between Ethereum and wrapped Ethereum or ETH and stables, I do it all through the MetaMask app. I don't even bother with DEXs anymore because I'm sitting here saying, okay, the more transactions I can run through my MetaMask, the higher chance that I have of actually being able to pick up a sizable airdrop because there's going to be different scales of airdrops. They're not just going to equally drop the same amount of tokens to every single MetaMask user. So I'd be thinking about it from that perspective. On the side of NFTs though, this is, this is really interesting. A lot of people want to think that like, man, I want an OpenSea token. They're not going to do that. OpenSea's already decided they hate everyone. Um, that's via their customer support. Um, I'm going to be critical of them on that all day long. But <laughs> you have different NFT liquidity providers and... I don't believe it's like technically a flash loan service, but like where you can blend NFTs and DeFi that will definitely be rolling out airdrops. In fact, there are two ongoing right now. Bend is one of them. It's Bend Finance and Asset Mantle. Um, both of these are ongoing right now. You can go up and check to see if you're eligible for either of these. But more of these NFT platforms are going to roll out tokens in the near future. I'd be keeping my eye on those for sure. Um, in the world of primitives, Richard, I know that you understand primitives a little bit better than I do with like options trading and the like. Um, can you t tell us about which ones are coming for that? Uh, so, so far we're looking at like open, uh, which is one out there. The primitives market is still fairly new. Um, I think Coinbase is trying to enter that market. I think FTX also has an options to where you can go in and, and do options tradings and buy futures and all that. And everything I'm saying right now is for your typical traders, a little bit more advanced. If you're brand new and you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's fine. It's okay. It's much deeper uh, layer of trading that if you never get into, it's okay. But you know, something to potentially look into in the future. But all the same, one that we're looking at right now is Open. Um, if you are an options trader and you are looking at primitives, uh, go look at Open. So, look, I think it's silly. Um, they, so they don't have a token yet. But the way that the open protocol works is you open a short or long, but it's called a long squeeze or a short squeeze. <laughs> and it just, it feels so silly, but I love saying that. And the current running theory behind open is that um, if you open a long squeeze with them, um, that they're going to basically be rewarding those that are longing because those are the people that are supporting the project in the long term. Whether that long... Real quick, if you're long, that means you're buying and you're expecting it to go up. If you're shorting, uh, that means you're doing the opposite. 
And again, for those people at home that are not so sure about what you know, long and shorting options and perpetual trading is, you don't have to worry about that stuff if you're just investing. Okay, that is right. a that is a trader's tool, somebody that is trading on a daily basis or even an hourly basis in some cases. Um, but let's roll into our next category of airdrops that you're going to want to keep an eye out for, and that's DEXs. So this is all the decentralized exchanges. And there's two that we want to bring up to you, the first of which is TerraSwap. TerraSwap is the big exchange on the on Terra Luna's networks. So that's um, a network that is built on top of another network because it's built on top of Cosmos. Um, really interesting protocol in general, but TerraSwap, think Uniswap. It's just, they need a token. So it's inevitable. So if you go trade a couple times on Terra's um, TerraSwap, you could theoretically see a, a token drop coming soon. Zigzag Exchange, on the other hand, is actually the leading exchange on StarkNet. So you mentioned StarkNet above, Richard, in the ETH L2s. StarkNet as a scaling solution is already out there. It's being used, but it's something that's integrated into different products. So the leading theory behind StarkNet's upcoming drop is that if you use the products that are currently built on top of StarkNet, you could theoretically see that airdrop benefit as well. So if you're using ZigZag Exchange, you could not only get the benefit of an airdrop from ZigZag, but also StarkNet by proxy. Um, the other one that I want to give a shout out to real quick is a friend of the show's um, product, which is a StarkNet-based wallet called Numio. Um, that, of course, is our good friend Mark Anstead. So Mark, if you're listening to this, which we know you are, um, just know that we're trying to get more people to use Numio um, so they can take advantage of that StarkNet drop, but also to enjoy a really phenomenal wallet. So let's move into DeFi. Talk to me about what we need to be watching out for there and try not to mess up the pronunciation on the last one. Oh, 100% going to butcher it. So the first is Cozy Finance. Another is Element Fi. Next, you have DeFi Saver. And the last one is Banagi. Let's go. He didn't butcher it. Hey, once every blue moon. Dude, I was so hopeful when I put that in there. I was like, I'm going to make him say it. But like, <laughs> uh, so, but like, look, in this moment, like, we're going to take a quick sidebar here and like, let me be proud of you because <laughs> you, you actually have had exposure to this word before. And I, I thought for sure you, you would still find a way to butcher it. But no, this is, um, this is the um, eel from um, the sushi restaurant I took you to. That is right. And I remembered that. It was scarred into my noggin not to mess that up again. So I appreciate that. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that we scarred you a little bit during your sushi experience. Um, that's what I always strive for. Um, but let's jump into our next group. So you may know one of these protocols um, from a prior episode of Cryptocurrency Interview Series with Richard. Um, but these are all the larger dashboards where you can visualize not just like market stats, but also like your um, if you have tokens, how they're performing but also like digging deeper on-chain analytics. These types of dashboards include Zapper, Zerion, who is the one that was on the show, DBank, and DeFi Llama. Now, the last one is way speculative. There's nothing yet out to suggest that DeFi Llama is you know, going to do a token drop at any point. But if they add functionality for you to have a user-based relationship as opposed to just diving into their analytics, they're easily going to be a candidate. 
because they have so much of the market share, so many people depend on them. Really important to keep them in mind. But Zapper, Zerion, and DBank all do have integration with wallets at this point. So like, look at your actions with those networks because the airdrops will come for those for sure. Yes. And real quick on Zerion, episode 144, if you want to go check that out. Definitely worth checking out. Now, last but not least, we have some others that kind of live on the fringes of some of these categories, right? It's not necessarily, you know, one place or the other, but it may be like a yield optimizer or um, a bridge of some sort. The first two are simple because like a lot of people know that these airdrops are coming and that's hot protocol. And the one that is kind of the sleeper pick here is Orbiter Finance. Um, I would do a lot of looking into Orbiter if I were you. It's a really interesting protocol, very heady concept, um, but Hop Protocol is a bridge. They do foresee that Hop will have airdrop shortly, so I would start integrating and like finding ways to touch on that network a little bit. Even though bridging personally scares the crap out of me, um, it's like one of the most like high anxiety things to do in all of crypto. Um, so that's just my take. But the final piece was actually a kind of like a friendly mention to the Cosmos Hub, um, because the way that airdrops work with the Cosmos Hub is you go and buy your Cosmos or your Atom to Atom coins for the Cosmos network, and instead of staking them on a exchange like Coinbase and you get your you know, whatever little cut of returns, you'll go take it off the exchange into your uh, Cosmos or Atom wallet. And then you will stake those tokens or coins directly on the Cosmos network. By doing that, automatically they have a system set up to where if you are supporting the network, different protocols will automatically airdrop tokens to you. So the big two that have already happened and are kind of like the case studies for this are Osmosis, which is the big exchange on um, Cosmos, and a new protocol called Juno, J-U-N-O. I have to say, like, for passive airdrops that are not just, like, on the Ethereum network where somebody can just airdrop some random crap to your wallet, because that happens, and you need to be very aware of that. There are definitely spam airdrops out there that if you take action on those tokens and you don't just hide them, they can, you know, claw back into your wallet and pull stuff out. Yep. If you just receive some airdrop out of nowhere, don't touch it. Only engage with the stuff that you yourself know that you're pulling into your wallet and due diligence on it. There are malicious tokens out there. It's just a fact. But with Cosmos Hub, it seems that there's a lot more protection and not a ton of spam airdrops coming in. So I would keep an eye on that for sure. Uh, but as we're wrapping up today's episode, Rich, do you have any other advice for our listeners in terms of like what they should be looking out for on airdrops and any tips on staying ahead of these secrets? As you're looking at projects that you're getting into, we, we have like a, you know, a list of different things you want to look at. And one of the biggest elements of the due diligence game is going to be the community. It's going to be the team and how important is community within those projects and what are they doing to encourage community. If you look at Ape 
token that was just dropped. If you look at Yuga Labs and and everything that that the board at Yacht Club's been able to create, the community is insane. It's what they have been able to create over the course of a year around community is going to be the case study of all like future NFTs, right? If you look at some other successful airdrops, and again, I want to encourage everyone to go check out uh, a previous episode that we did on explaining airdrops on on a previous Crypto Decrypted. The thing that you look for in the opportunities are these protocols, companies, etc. that are building and focusing on their community and the value that they can bring back to them. Because they know that if they can, by you being a part of that community and you're helping build their ecosystem and they can reward you for being part of that ecosystem early, they've got you for life. They're going to have you to go brag to their friends. They're going to go tell you why you should be a part of this, etc. Like as soon as the Uniswap, like this is one of the first airdrops I can think of, the Uniswap airdrop happened, you saw an uptick in volume happen almost drastically because people are talking about it, people are excited about it, etc. Um this will continue to trend up. So again, as you're looking at these potential opportunities, do some evaluation and diligence around the community that's being built for that particular project. And I don't want to get like too philosophical in terms of like things, different phrases that you may have heard of before, like, you know, certain things happen in threes. But most of the time, like history rhymes in that type of situation. Back when we saw the ENS airdrop happen at the tail end of last year, which made people a lot of money. That airdrop was immediately followed by the DYDX airdrop, which made people a lot of money. There were two or three others that were interwoven in there. But I would be looking at those very closely. I would be looking at each of these protocols very closely because you never know when it's going to happen. Just make sure that you've had these interactions with the protocols you don't necessarily need to stay connected, but be aware of them. The one final one that I will tell you to definitely go connect with tonight, like as soon as you're done listening to this, Nifty Gateway. It's one of the biggest, easiest on-ramps in terms of entering the NFT world. And from what I can tell, you are not going to have to do any spending. They literally just want to know that you're connected to the protocol. And that you verified it. Um, I did it earlier today with two of my wallets. They're saying covertly that there's either going to be an NFT airdrop or there's going to be a token airdrop because they may be trying to decentralize an element of it. Um, I would not be surprised if that comes anytime soon, but that came directly from the founder of Nifty Gateway's mouth. So I'd keep an eye out for that. Um, but look, that's going to wrap up today's Aftershock. Um, Again, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here. If you're tuning in via podcast platforms, whether you're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Stitcher, if you like that platform, because it's another fun one that we have um, our show available on, please do us a favor and leave us a review. We'd really greatly appreciate it. If you're viewing us on YouTube and you're checking this out for our video feed, where we look sharp as hell in our cryptocurrent gear, please make sure that you like the episode and let us know in the comments what you thought, if you wanted to hear about additional news or if we you know, need to expand on something that we talked about in this episode or just let us know if you really like our gear because we like being flattered. Who doesn't? But that is going to just about wrap things up. You can also go to crypto-current.co to check out our brand new editorial content, which we run out on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and occasionally Thursdays. But that's going to do it for us today. 
We appreciate you being here. We always love getting a chance to share these stories with you every single Wednesday. So we hope you'll join us for the next episode of the Aftershock next week, but we hope you'll always stay cryptocurrent. We'll see you next time. 